This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Somebody who has now decided to leave government, uh, at least leave the uh, authority, at least the power authority, because of what's been happening with green energy and all this other stuff, is Oneida County Executive Anthony Pacente. Anthony, this is Rita Cosby with all the great gang here on Cats at Night. Uh, tell us why you resigned. This is a big deal. Uh, sounds like uh, you said enough with driving out people and businesses out of New York. Well, first of all, thank you, Rita. Thank you and all and John and everyone for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple when you look at it. I mean, I, I've been on the Power Authority, and the Power Authority does a great job and has, but the, the turn that's being taken, not just in terms of the energy policy of the state, but all of the aspects of what you know we've been dealing with on local levels, you know, as a county executive, but more importantly, you know, just all across the board, just, you know, and, and, and the latest uh, with the gas stoves and the and the building requirements and things that are coming into play and then the power authority actually being, you know, poised to, you know, really compete in the renewable energy facility part. I uh, just, it, it, it was too much. And, and uh, I was, you know, I was holding out hope some time ago that, uh, We'd have a different governor, and, and this could change, but, um, you know, given given what happened. You know, Governor Patterson, uh, who was a common-sense Democratic governor, uh, is in the studio here with us. What say you, Governor? <laughs> well, right now, I think what's happening is there is a move to make a lot of changes that isn't supported by enough research and development. So this this whole idea of... Um, trying to use solar power and wind power. They are so expensive that it would really drain our economy to do that. They would have, they should be phased in over a longer period of time. And I think the rush, which is what the federal and state administrations are doing probably is well-meaning, but it's just not based in fact. Mr. Presenti, you raised, I read your letter and you raised a very good point. What happens if the average homeowner cannot afford to electrify his or her home the way the government is mandating? What happens then? Well, exactly. And I think, you know, first of all, it's great to hear government, Governor Patterson. He was a good friend uh, when, when he was in office. I was had a pleasure serving at that time and, and working with him. Um, you know, the, he's, he's spot on. I mean, we're not, I'm not saying that, that renewables or electricity are not alternatives, but to eliminate all other alternatives and put it on the kind of fast track is really not what's what's needed here and, and really not wise in terms of what, you know, electricity, you know, can, you know, mm-hmm. the, the problems you can have. Take upstate New York, what I represent. What happens in an ice storm and, and with electricity going out, the blackout in, in the middle of winter? How are you going to heat? I mean, what what happens to people in their homes? What happens when an elderly couple or someone who can't afford has to has to retrofit their gas hot water heater into electric, which is exorbitant in in, in costs? And it's just too. So fast. you won't have any hot water. You won't have a car, and you won't and you won't be able to cook your food. Mr. County Executive, do you want to talk a little bit about the lithium battery? Well, I mean, I I think you know. Look, we have. Great companies that are working in research and developing, you know, the batteries and, and the. Oh, so we just lost them. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Hang on. Somebody knocked them off. Yeah. Wait, are you there still? Are you there? <laughs> I'm, still here. I'm still here. You okay, know what? Good. You know what? It was the word China because lithium would have led to China. They're listening to us. Go ahead. Go ahead, Anthony. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh... Well, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, we 
Well, you know, these are all good alternatives and things to research. I think the governor was spot on in what he just said a moment ago in that in that these are things that take more time. They also take more discussion. They also take more input and they also have to be, you know, be thought out and added into the stakeholders of this of the of this state in terms of it. I think we're being way too fast on what we're trying to do here, but we're also forcing you know, I I liken it to the mandates that I have to deal with as a county executive in my government. Now we're going to mandate people's homes and, and what mm. they're and what they're going to have to build, have to use in terms of and, this. I mean, and, that's and the point, and again, and again, it's Judge Weinberg again. Your point again in your in your letter is we're driving out people from this state to other places where they can have freedom of choice. Four hundred and eighty-four thousand New Yorkers from New York State, New York City, have moved out of the state in the last twenty-four months. Yeah, that is frightening. outrageous. You know, the other thing too, it's, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, I love being out on the street talking to people, man on the street interviews. And when you ask people, you know, what kind of questions do you want answered? They talk about this. You know, how come the government mandates whatever it happens to be, electric cars, but where's the grid? You know, do we have the, the ability to, to sustain all of this? They come up with these ideas for what reason? Is it money? Is it power? Is it a, 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 an somebody IOU? Has to be, somebody has to be writing the check. Somebody's yeah, got to why be else would the they check. be coming up with feeling, it? Exactly. And, and, and well, very and, rarely and, I'm wrong. Somebody and, is yeah. pushing this direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I jokingly says if if General Motors is stupid enough to to close down all their gas-powered cars yes. by 2030, mm-hmm. short the stock. My opinion. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. Uh, okay. Fair is, enough. Is, Go ahead, Judge. Is the governor going to subsidize? Is the government, you know, in, in my letter I also mentioned, so with, with these added expenses in terms of communities that can't afford them and people, is the governor going to, is the government, excuse me, going to subsidize that? And then what happens to our tax base? And then what happens in the next four or five years when a house goes up for sale but is reduced in, in value by 20% because the new owners have to, have to right. replace a furnace or a hot water tank mm-hmm. or all of the above. Mm-hmm. And wh- how can and, a new owner? How can a new owner buy that house and pay six percent or seven percent interest? Yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. Well, so thank all, you. There's so many different factors. Thank you I mean, so much for coming on. And uh, uh, there's so many things that we need to solve in our city, in our state, in our country. Thank you for 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 speaking out on it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And again, thank you for having. Me. It's cats at night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Okay, next uh, we have uh, Ernie. I understand one of your guests. Yeah, is John, on. you know what? Uh, we, we talk about integrity. Okay, common sense, integrity, honesty. Uh, and that's, that's an interesting... a good follow-up to what we were just talking exactly. about. <laughs> yeah, it's a great follow-up, Rita. And, you know, when you think about this, I said, you know, uh, when you think about Walter Cronkite, the last time we were together, you mentioned Walter, the most trusted man in America for years. You know, he had values, he had integrity, he had morals. I mean, he had standards, and he was somebody that people trusted. Today, you know, you ask somebody on the street, and I did it recently, who do you trust? And you know what they said? Nobody, except some family members. That's about it. Well, you know what? It's a great subject. What has happened to integrity? There's an interesting man. His name is Bill George. Uh, He has written a very timely and well-researched article, Have We Lost Sight of Integrity?, uh, Bill George is, a, is an interesting guy. He is a, a former chairman and CEO of Medtronic, also a senior fellow at Harvard Business School. He's the author of True North, the Emerging Leader Edition. Joining us right now on the phone. Hello, Bill. 
Hello there. How are you today? Good to have you on board. Oh, it's so nice to be here. I think the whole team is looking forward to this. Hey, Bill, let's just start off with this. You say this list keeps getting longer and longer with dire consequences. George Santos, Elizabeth Holmes, you name them. What's going on? What has happened to integrity? And according to your article, it's confusing. (laughs) I'm very concerned. We've got into it. I wrote the article, Ernie. We've gotten into rationalizing people's behavior. And uh, we don't take clear steps to deal with them. I mean, I consider a lot of the people around there are fraud. Sam Bankman-Fried, FTX. This is a total fraud. He never had anything. Elizabeth Holmes uh, was putting people's lives at risk uh, by falsifying tests about mm-hmm. blood tests. And, uh, you know, it, it's good. the list goes on and on. I mean, George Santos said, you know, he wasn't falsifying his resume. He's just embellishing it. Look. Uh, I served on the board of Goldman Sachs for 17 years. Uh, you can just call him up and ask, did George Santa mm-hmm. work there? And he'll say, of course not. But, of course, he has his resume he did. George, let you me know, ask you something. Are, are, people, are people trading integrity? It is. And I think I'm concerned that younger people are starting to think this is the way it goes. Oh, this yeah. is the way they all do it. And uh, that's what worries me. Tell me something, uh, Bill. Are, are people trading integrity for, for power and money? I mean, what, what, who do we blame here? You know, where do you put the blame? What, why did this happen? especially now more than ever. I do think they're trading it for, for power and, 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 and money and fame and glory, and they all come crashing down. Elon Musk, who is the, is the greatest inventor of our era, okay. has lost so much credibility with what he's done at, at Twitter mm. and bringing people back on you know, and allowing people uh, to say things on the sites that are uh, injurious to uh, uh, people mm-hmm. of, of color, anti-Semitic, uh, racial epithets, uh, harmful to women yeah. and uh, LGBTQ plus people. I, I just think it's shameful. Oh, you yeah. know, it goes on and on. Free speech. Yeah. That's harming people. Yeah. So, Bill, how do we bring it back? How do we bring integrity back? Well, I think some of us have to stand up and call it for what it is and say this is not acceptable. And then we need to have role models of people we think are people who have integrity. And who are they? Who are they? Well, I'll give you one. Mary Barra. She's CEO of General Motors. She was one of my students before oh. she became uh, uh, but CEO I'm of General the Motors. Stock. So uh, <laughs> one thing That's right. General Motors here, John? Charmingly <laughs> under her predecessor, yeah. I'm being sarcastic, forgive me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when they had someone died in an accident, like they had that ignition switch crisis. You remember 124 sure. people sure. were killed because of this. So they sent the problem to the to the legal department. It's a legal issue, mm-hmm. and they didn't send it to the quality department, the, manu- the design department, the manufacturing department, to find out what's wrong with the ignition switches, so they didn't fix the problem. Mary comes in. First thing, she gets hauled into Congress. She has to confess. She says, look, this is a total disaster, but the problem is deeper than ignition. We have a cultural problem. This mm-hmm. goes all the way across General Motors. Oh, yeah. She then uh, said, I don't want us ever to forget this, and we're going to put this in our culture so we That's never the way forget to do it. what happened That's here. That's the way to do it. And then know. she ordered ordering recall of 30 million automobiles. Yes. And uh, so she put it right out there. To me, that's integrity. Well, that's the way to go. And a lot of people, if you ask them, you know, name someone. I mean, we'll ask everybody, name someone. Someone would say, well, maybe a guy like Warren Buffett. Uh, okay. I would say Nelson Mandela, who's no Nelson longer with Mandela, us. Think exactly. about the courage of that man. Yeah, people will say the Pope. Uh, yep. Some people will say John Katzenbertitis. And I'm not just saying that, you know, to, 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 for obvious reasons, because we're here in this room. 
But John does have that integrity, and he's working very listens hard. And by the sides. way, his book. And listens to both sides, exactly. And John, and by the way, John, your book is right now, uh, what number one, Hot Sellers Yay. in Business. How cool is this? Uh, the new book that's coming out, it's How Far Do You Want to Go? I know, isn't that great? <laughs> it's not officially out. Yay. Isn't that, see? Isn't that great? That's yeah. a good sign. Before it comes out, it's already it on the Hot Sellers list. Yeah, Bill George, thank you so much for joining us today from Harvard Business School. Hey, hey, Rita, I want to pick you up on Nelson Mandela. You know, to me, he's the greatest leader of my lifetime. And uh, why? Because he had, a, you know, he went into prison for 27 years for a crime he didn't commit. I remember telling my grandson that we were standing in front of his little bitty cell where he had to sleep on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, of course, my grandson had a little logical 11-year-old boy. He couldn't understand this. And I said, you know, and, but he comes out of prison. He went in, you know, and he was normally no, very upset about apartheid. Wouldn't any of us be in the way they were being treated? Right. He comes out and he said he goes to Cape Town to the city hall. And the first night he's out of prison after 27 years, he said, I'm not here to represent black South Africans. I'm not here to represent white South Africans. Mm-hmm. I want to represent all South Africa. That's and I want there this to be a society where everything And by the way, his, they got lots of problems. His yeah, grandson is in New York right now. I met with him a few days ago. Wow, how beautiful. What an amazing. Bill George, thank you for being with us. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Zach Williams, New York Post reporter. Zach, this is Rita Cosby with John, also Judge Weinberg, Ernie Anastas, and former Governor David Patterson. Great to have you with us. Tell us what happened in Albany. Thanks for having me. A real dream team over there. So today was the much-awaited hearing in Suffolk County Supreme Court on a lawsuit filed last week by a Republican state senator that initially aims to force a floor vote on centrist court of appeals, uh, Chief Judge nominee Hector LaSalle. Now, earlier this week, things really took an interesting turn when this, when State Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins uh, suddenly announced that, in fact, her chamber would bring this nomination to the floor after weeks of saying that a Judiciary Committee vote, 10-9 against LaSalle last month, was, sufficed, uh, legally speaking, to formally reject the nominee, Governor Kathy Hochul disagreed with that, but did very little in the ensuing weeks to really push her nominee. She didn't sue. She really said very little at all, except uh, when answering questions where she said, you know, she was keeping all her options open. In steps the Republican state senator, not exactly doing Hochul a favor because on the one hand, they could just get a judge if they want, a relative centrist. On the other hand, this lawsuit stirs a little trouble with uh, the Democrats. But today was the big day. And Democrats, by bringing this, state Senate Democrats, by bringing this nomination to the floor, had hoped to make the lawsuit moot. You know, you can't sue to bring a floor vote if that floor vote already happened, right? And that was part of uh, a larger effort to avoid a, you know, letting the courts make a, a real historic uh, precedent uh, setting decision that would forevermore say that a Judiciary Committee vote was not good enough for judicial nominees. So sure. there's a lot there to unpack, but long story short, this two-month saga isn't quite over yet. Uh, Zach, it's uh, Judge Richard Wong. So what did the uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, do? Did he reserve decision on it? Well, he appeared very skeptical of the state Senate Democrats' argument that in the state constitution, 
you know, that the state constitution gives them enough leeway to make their own internal rules to basically let a committee vote suffice. Now, they didn't make a decision today. It could come as soon as Tuesday. Mm. And remember, today the Court of Appeals notified or was officially notified that the, or officially notified the Commission on Judicial uh, Nominations that there was a vacancy. This whole process to find a chief judge starts all um, over again, starting anew. Exactly. Zach, it's David Patterson. I think if the uh, Constitution wanted to give them leeway, they would have written it that way. And they didn't. It's plain language. It says it goes to the Senate, just like the U.S. Senate. And remember, Judge Bork lost in the committee in 1987, but they still sent it to the U.S. Senate for a vote. The governor is absolutely correct. Yeah. Zach, uh, as a reporter uh, advancing the story, what do your sources tell you? What can we expect next? Where is this going to go? Well, as far as the lawsuit goes, you know, all eyes are still in Suffolk County and decision that could Mm. come on Tuesday. That could you know, probably won't be the end of it. You know, no matter what happens, I right. would expect one side or the other would uh, appeal. And this could go all the way up to the Court of Appeals, mm-hmm. ironically enough. Might even go through the second department where LaSalle currently is the presiding judge uh, of that appellate division. So well, let's see what happens then. I think in terms of the broader story here, you know, this this almost existential fight that we were seeing between the executive right. and the legislative branches. Um, it's starting to cool down a little bit mm-hmm. this week. You know, Andrea Stewart-Cousins and, and Kathy Hochul both made a point to say that this uh, nomination and the two-month fight around it would not affect state budget negotiations mm-hmm. ahead of the April 1st deadline. That may or may not be true, but, you know, when we talk about this, you know, this this years-long um, maybe escalating fight, you might say, in Albany between the left and the center on the Democratic side of the aisle at least right. – you know, there's plenty of other fodder to fight over <laughs> besides this uh, nomination. But one key thing, this is where it gets really fun, mm. it gets really fun here, is the the commission has in the past worked relatively fast. Now, they have 120 days to find seven candidates for the governor to choose. But okay. that in the past, a few years ago, they got through it in 36 days. Oh. Now, in 36 days, wow. we're just like a week or two out from that state budget head, uh, deadline. So depending on who... The governor might pick, you know, she it, it, the, the timing's going to be really tight because oh, yeah. she once the nominees come through, she ha- she has to wait at least two weeks. Absolutely. But, wow. Uh, long story short, we might see more fighting on this. Yeah, I'm sure we will, by the way, Zach. Uh, thank you very much uh, for reporting on all of this. Really interesting. Zach Williams. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. With us today is one of our leading uh, economists for the country, Steve Moore. And uh, Steve, do you have an understanding of what's going on? Uh, you know, we've had, me and you had a discussion. There's a fight between uh, uh, America wants $70 oil, so, so inflation will go away. The Russians... The Saudis want a hundred dollars oil because they need it for themselves. For for whom will the bells toll? <laughs> Good question, John. Great to be with you. And by the way, congrats! I just heard about your new book coming out. I can't wait to have a big book party. It, it's quick. not out yet, uh, Steve, and it's number one on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> How does that happen? That's awesome. Well, John, congratulations. So uh, look. Um, <laughs> You're right. You know, we. I thought that we were going to get an improvement in the inflation numbers, 
uh, this week because it appeared that inflation was coming down, but that's not what happened. We got some really lousy numbers. We got uh, both the producer price index number, John, and the consumer price index showed a bump up again. And so that was uh, that's, I think, one of the reasons you had such frazzled um, financial markets this week. And, you know, you're right. The, the American people want $70 uh, oil. They want to pay, you know, $253 a gallon for gas. And now we're seeing those prices rise again to, in many areas, $4 a gallon. Um, and one other quick thing, John. Look at the new debt numbers that came out for uh, the federal national debt over the next 10 years. They're supposed to be three to four trillion dollars higher than they thought they would be over the next 10 years. So, we, you know, look, the job market is strong, but there are a lot of other fault lines in this economy right now. Well, I, I believe oil went down today, uh, and it, it, the last time I was talking to you and I was t- talking to Maria Bartolomo, uh, it's, uh, oil was at $72. And then uh, what happened is OPEC, uh, Saudi Arabia stirred the pot. Russia says they're cutting 500,000 barrels a day. They stirred the pot. Goldman Sachs said, well, we're going to have $100 oil. I mean, I jokingly said that uh, Saudi Arabia must have paid them a fee. (laughs) (laughs) My God. I I mean, uh, but there's a struggle because so goes oil, so goes inflation, so goes interest rates because 20% of our country's economy is in the crapper Mm. because of of real estate. New housing starts are way down. Uh, new construction starts are way down, and I don't know anybody who wants to pay six or six percent or seven percent on a new home loan. And John, you know, you talk about you know fuel costs. I mean, passing it over to the consumer—that's always the problem. Uh, and and Steve, I know you're listening. I was in the market recently. Are you taking a look at the, and John, you know, right? The cost of food. I mean, I, I bumped into a guy who said to me, "You know what? I'm back to soup." So this is like the depression all over again. People are looking for relief. People want a break. So w- where are we going to see this break? Yeah, when? and by the way, the other thing too, I was going to bring up with Steve to your point, Ernie and John, is that this came out, and you probably know this just a little bit ago. Americans drowning in credit card debt oh, because yeah. they're now adding onto their credit card. Right. It's now 986 billion. Wow. This is a record high, Steve. This is they're now like you know they're they're so extended mm-hmm. because they can't afford it when. They go to the grocery store. Too much, Steve. Steve? Well, you guys are exactly right. And uh, is that Rita, by the way? It is Rita, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Rita, Rita. Rita, 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 Rita. Rita, meter maid. Uh, How are you, Steve? I recognize that beautiful voice. So great to be with you, Rita. Thank you, my friend. um, You're right. I mean, I was just at Fox Business News about 15 minutes ago talking about that very issue of of the credit card debt. So what's happening, just so you guys understand, is that uh, America? You know, we had consumer spending numbers that came out this week, where uh, you know retail sales were up three percent, which is a good number. But guess what? To buy all this stuff, people are going further into debt, mm-hmm. you know? and and they're they're becoming more and more delinquent on that credit card debt. And you know, I said this on your show what last week, Rita, that that's the worst way to borrow. You're going to charge you fifteen to twenty percent, sometimes twenty five percent interest rate on a credit card that you don't pay on time. Right, it just ke- it I, perpetuates I, 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 the cycle. I'm speaking from, I'm speaking from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, go into the crystal ball for us. What do you see? Yeah. Uh, when are we going to see something happen here, finally? You know, I have to say that this is a hard economy to figure out because I don't, you know, this is a Friday, so I don't, don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Right. We've got a very strong job market right now. I mean, employers are hiring. 
So, you know, by the way, I am, as we speak, while you guys are in New York, I'm in beautiful Palm Beach, where it is Ooh. 75 degrees. I'm sunny. John just know. left Florida. Yeah. Did you cross in the air? You know who a dumb New Yorker is? I was in, yeah. I was, I was in uh, 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 Naples. Naples, Florida, for 28 hours, and I flew back on a three-day weekend. <laughs> Can you believe this? Yeah. Well, the point I was going to make is that, you know, there's no housing shortage here. I mean, there, there's construction everywhere here, so it kind of depends on where you're at. I think we can still skate beyond a recession. I'd love to see it. But, you know, it would be helpful if we did two things. One, John, let's produce more oil and gas and coal here at home. And number two, let's get control of this federal debt because it is a cancer on our economy. Yeah, absolutely. If if China, uh, Steve, uh, we're going to go to a break at this. If China is not curbing their uh, environmental projects, they're building 2,000 coal places this year alone. Why should we do it? China is moving ahead of us at warp speed. I mean, I, yeah. I cry for America. Yeah, and they're not doing anything with the environment. I mean, it's it's like it is insane. Yeah, but if there's if there's an economic war with China, we're losing. Yeah, we're losing big time. Uh, Steve Moore, we love having you on, my friend. Thank you so much. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, and John, I understand we have Peter Mihalos now who oh, is ready. Dr. Yep. Mihalos then. Yep, we've got, he's of course our WABC resident genius. And uh, Dr. Mihalos, uh, we got a full studio here and lots of questions for you. Great to have you with us. Er- Ernie Anastas has a uh, question for you. Dr. Peter, how are you? Yeah, you know what? I'm doing uh, great. You know, uh, people always ask one question, and that is, how do you stay young? And and people want to know what what is the wait, secret wait, to a youthful? They're asking me about you. Everybody in this room yeah, just, wants to know how you yeah, do it. Yeah, I want to look as good as Ernie. No, no, that's no, no, my no, no, mission. No. You know what? I, I got to tell you. But, but but Dr. Peter, you know you know that a lot of people are driven by what they see in advertising. Everything is youthful. You know, youth. You and and everybody's saying, how can I look better? How can I feel better? So, what is your answer? There are so many products out there. There are so many different types of treatments. What's the answer to staying young? Well, it's a combination of factors. It turns out that your destiny is about 20% genetic and 80% epigenetic, which is basically your environmental factor. So how you eat, how often we eat, the quality of the food that we consume, these are all important factors and also maintenance, just like Mm -hmm. uh, we're giving our body a new car. You have a problem, you have to fix it. If you have a cancer found on your skin, you have to get it removed. Yeah, we just have to pay attention to that. That's it. Yeah, do it. It's like a dashboard, and now we have a dashboard, which are blood tests. We have things like aura rings, monitoring devices. We can measure our biological age now, Mm -hmm. see what age we really are, not just our chronological age, and trying to stay healthy and avoiding Things like what I thought we were going to talk about is the Ohio train disaster. That's what I was, I was just about to say. There, and also oh. the impact, John. That's what we're so worried about, the lasting so impacts. About, on WABC, we also like to talk about solutions. So one of the things is, let's start off what happened February 3rd, 9 p.m., 150 car trains, uh, 38 of them derailed, 11 of them had toxic chemical gases, and one of them is uh, vinyl uh, Chloride, which is basically what they used in World War One, wow. the precursor to uh, phosphine gas. So if you use phosgene gas in World War One, that's how you destroy people's lungs. And the other one 
is the uh, the uh, hydrochloride gas that comes out, which can burn up your lungs. And some of the things that we can do immediately mm-hmm. is like if I had the capacity, uh, there's 5,000 people there, send immediately 3,000 whole house charcoal and carbon activated filters to at least try to knock some of these chemicals out for all these children and people who are still there taking showers. The other thing is we should mandate double hull tanks on these trains, which is basically an inner and an outer tank. The inner can be steel, the outer can be fiberglass, and then in between a layer of uh, foam so that they can absorb the impact and less likely to spill and less likely to uh, the material, the foam material, can be self-sealing. And so my friend, Peter, my friend John from uh, Washington just texted me, and FEMA is not sending any water to the people well, in Ohio. Better, better than water, send Send 3,000 filters immediately. They're not that much money. And, uh, you know, if there was a way I could organize it and try to raise some money, Mm -hmm. send these people 3,000 whole house water filters immediately instead of talking about it and doing something. Because 3,500 fish were found dead. This stuff gets into the water supply. uh, And people are, you know, we're going to see other medical problems and neurological problems usually happen with these chemicals long term. So it should be treated immediately with the help of the federal government should go in there, get those people out of there in hotels. Peter, they're saying they're like dead fish everywhere, and people are saying their lips are blue and and kids are coughing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what's so scary. And when your lungs get inflamed, you don't get enough oxygen. So one of the signs of low oxygen, just like with COVID, your lips and your fingers turn blue because when blood deoxygenated, it turns blue. When blood is oxygenated, it turns red. That's what bright red blood from an artery is bright red. And vein blood is dark red because it's not oxygenated. So when your blood is not oxygenated, that's why our lips turn blue. Yeah. You see someone who's near drowning, they turn blue. And Dr. Patterson, Dr. Peter, we've got one and a half minutes left. Tell us what else you want to tell the people. No, the last thing is I want to you to be very careful with the uh, cannabis and cannabinoids of the edibles in 2017. There were like 300 hospital admissions for that. Now there were 3,054 children admitted to hospitals. Wow, 573 wow. that's a huge number. Ernie, that's a story for you. It is. When, it our, children, when our children are starting to get... They're in gummy bears, they're in drinks, and they're, uh, they mm-hmm. cause the seizures, panic attacks, anxiety, psychosis. So these are all things that we need. And also now we know that cannabis, Duke University studies show that could be generational DNA damage, and it could be a possible link to autism, especially in the men. It seems to damage their sperm, and it seems to travel generationally, and nobody's talking about this. And this is also a national security issue because it's affecting our readiness to have an active, able military when you have a bunch of people going around stoned, and instead of DWI, we're going to have DWI. And uh, police having to pull people <laughs> over and having difficulty evaluating uh, their uh, their degree of impairment. Dr. Peter, you're also going to be calling into the Sunday show, I understand. Uh, uh, what are you going to be talking about? Well, I'd like to go more into this uh, national uh, problem with the uh, CBD and the THC and how it's affecting our youth and the various publications that nobody seems to t- be talking about and how it's a national uh, health crisis and a national security threat, in my opinion. Wow. All right. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Or Rita, you might be talking to him, right? Or, yeah, I might be. One of us will be, for one sure. One of us will be talking to you. Thank it's you so much, Dr. Peter. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is... 
This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Joining us is Kellyanne Conway, former Trump campaign manager, one of the best pollsters ever. Kellyanne, so great to have you here on the show with us. It's great to be with you, Rita. Thank you. What's your reaction to, uh, first off, let's get to the balloon thing. This is so wild that now Biden finally spoke out. By the way, I don't know if you heard, but Kamala Harris, Kellyanne, just spoke out a few minutes ago. She said the balloon was not helpful. And she also said, I intend to run with Biden in 2024. What are your thoughts about all that? Well, that last statement is not helpful either. The fact that we have to put up with Biden and Harris for four more years, potentially. Look, they are just slow to react in giving us information, transparency, and actually making us feel comfortable with the this administration's ability to respond and react to maybe unforeseen circumstances. Look at the look at what's going on in East Palestine, Ohio. Look at what's going on with the balloons. It all fits the same pattern, which is they ignore, they obfuscate, they avoid telling us the truth, and then the problem just gets bigger and bigger. And I think that the the crimes are as bad as the cover ups here. Um, particularly when you look at what's going on in Ohio. But I think it's just a pattern they have. And things seem so politicized with them now, Rita. She she just went right in, slid right into, and I'm going to run for vice president again, even though I haven't done really much of anything as vice president. You know, I, I got to get your reaction, too, to the Biden physical. They didn't do a mental test, and they determined he was vigorous and healthy and fit to be commander-in-chief, Kellyanne. I noticed, Rita, that you, who comes from an an esteemed military family, can't say the word vigorous and Joe Biden the same sentence without chuckling. I heard you through the phone. Yeah, it was hard to say. Um, I I was like, what what kind of doctor is this, Dr. Doolittle? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I know his doctor. He's a good guy. But guess what? Why use a word like vigorous? Why use an everyday word that we lay people, non-medical people understand? And then we compare that with what we see with our own two eyes. You don't need to be a doctor to know Joe Biden is not vigorous. Um, people uh, in the Democratic Party now are giving him a lot of uh, a lot of hesitation. They're very reluctant. They're speaking openly about his lack of acuity, his lack of agility, his lack of energy, and just his overall unfitness for the job. And then, of course, you know whether it's Jill Biden or Giselle Fetterman, you have these narcissistic spouses who insist on letting their husbands go forward in these positions that they clearly are not physically if not mentally ready for. And, uh, you know, I feel badly for John Fetterman, the senator from Pennsylvania today. He obviously can't express the competence that is that you need to do as one of 100 senators representing a country, 330 million people, Rita Cosby. But more than that, he's somebody who wasn't given the space and the time necessary to heal from a stroke. Every medical professional I've read in these news stories says those first three months are critical. And if you lose that window, you can lose your opportunity for a, a permanent type of recovery. Kellyanne, John Katzmatidis, why is FEMA not sending at least water to Ohio? Oh, it's, that's right. It's Listen, I worked in the government for four years. FEMA can do a great job and every if they are deployed. I mean, they should, I don't know, it's maybe because you've got the EPA administrator openly nakedly saying, John, that everything's fine. He would drink the water today. He said he would have his own kids drink the water. My goodness. There are people in that area of Ohio who do not want their kids to drink the water. You're hearing all types of horror stories from people who have that's lived horrible. through this. That's horrible. And it's going on for two years. That sounds like what Whitman, Governor, who was it? Governor Christy, Whitman, Christy Todd Whitman, Whitman yes. did in the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. saying, oh, go down there and breathe that air in. I yeah, mean, go back. No right. matter Republican or Democrat, to do that to people of uh, American people, that, that's crazy. 
Kellyanne, Kellyanne, it's Ernie Anastas. Good to have you here. It's so nice to hear your comments and and your views. This is what this program is all about. Uh, So much diversity. Uh, You know, there's a headline that says Kellyanne Conway says Biden's age will not be an issue in the 224 campaign. I wanted to ask you about, you know, the age factor. Uh, Also, that headline. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, wait, it it should say is an issue. Yeah, no, (laughs) it says it won't be an issue. And I just looked it up. It's on it's from The Independent and it came up on 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 my uh, my phone. And I said, gee, I have to ask her that question. Uh, Was that a mistake? Because sometimes there's a lot of misinformation out there. I I haven't read the headline or the story, and I promise you I won't. Of course, his age is an issue. And it's not. Look, age is not an issue unless you're like Joe Biden, which is he's every minute of 80 years old. Mm -hmm. The man is every minute. So, sure, some 80 year olds are more vigorous. They do speak better than he speaks. They do have more, I think, mental and physical acuity and agility that you see every day. But the Democrats, look, they're trying to convince us what they say rather than what we see. And that's a pattern they have, whether it's gas and grocery prices, whether it's what's happening in Ohio, the balloons, Joe Biden himself, rising crime, rising costs. They want you to believe what they say, not what you see. So if they say that Joe Biden is vigorous and his age is just a number, we're supposed to believe that as opposed to him, what we see him waving hands with the air not really knowing where he is and what's going on. But I will say this. I think the, the the constant attacks on his mental fitness and his age are problematic for the Republican Party. They were problematic in 2022. They're problematic in 2024 for this reason, friends. If that's what we're talking about, we're, we're losing an opportunity to tell people what they don't see. So the art of politics is not to show people what they see time and again, but what they don't see. So they don't remember, perhaps, that he's the guy single-handedly responsible for 13 service members losing their lives and that chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan and turning over the ta- Afghanistan to the Taliban and $85 billion of our intelligence and equipment to China. Maybe they don't remember that he killed the Keystone Pipeline. Maybe they don't know he's the guy responsible for 4 million people walking over the southern border. So his age is a factor, but it's his policy. Kellyanne, thank you. We're Boy, you are great. Kellyanne, we love you. Thank you. TGIF, thank God it's Friday. And, and what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America. We need God's blessing. There you go. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.